Welcome back to the Global Game. Great to have your company, Adam Peacock and Scott McDonald. As I threw the break there, it sounded a bit flippant about the subject we're going to talk about right now, but it's not a flippant subject, of course, because it's it feels like it's stuck a dagger through the hearts of many football fans in this country, and you can't tell a football fan how to think. I've, I, <laughs> I do know that. So they, they, they've very much got their own opinions and fully appreciate their own opinion, and good on them. If they want to protest about it, protest about mm-hmm. it. However they see, see fit, and that's the wonderful thing about a society that... We live in, but Scott McDonald, um, after the, the story broke, some bumbling journal on uh, Monday morning, and then it's gone on and on and on. As we sit here right now, I'll give you this piece of information. The active fan support groups uh, have been invited to meet with the APL, some APL board members tonight who are going to explain their side of the story. And I don't know if this is going to twist things. As I understand it right now, as we sit here late Wednesday afternoon, there is no way in God's green earth that this decision is going to be reversed. Absolutely not. They doubled down last night with their statement. It's done. So it, it ain't changing. Where does it leave you and your thoughts about what has happened? It's an absolute PR disaster for the game. It's a nightmare. Don't come out half-cocked as well and go, oh, by the way, um, yeah, this is going to be great for the game and we've got more things coming with this week that we're going to have, but we can't announce it yet. Well, don't come out and announce anything, please. Just leave it. And your timing is awful, right? And then the backlash we've had off it, just when we think we're having some positive vibes about our game again and it can grow, all of a sudden these guys have gone and done this and I'm just scratching my head going, right, back to square one or even now two steps further back. Uh, having a read of the the City Terrace and also the OSM, which is the original mm-hmm. style of Melbourne, which was the old, as far as I can understand, the, um, the artist formerly known as the North Terrace, the big active supporter groups, they have gone on, Facebook at various times this week, including today, and said, <laughs> we're walking out. 20 minutes. See you later. We're out well, of here. Yeah, but they're still paying their money if they're in for 20 minutes. So, like, for now. And yeah, I don't think now. they're coming back. But this is all, all this is tonight is damage control. It's nothing more than that from, from the APL. They, they're trying to appease people. Hold on a minute. Right. So when you announce this, why don't you explain to the general public the reasons behind, not just saying this is great for our game, Give us the figures and tell us why and where that money is going to go and, and how it's going to support the game to grow and get better, right? At least then the, we've got an argument then, a counter-argument of, oh, we don't like to, well, this is why we're doing it. We haven't been given those reasons. Interesting thing about the reasons is, okay, to, to break that down a little bit more, mm-hmm. understand the figure is $12 million. So they don't. They didn't want to come out with that because firstly, New South Wales government wanted it to be confidential because they don't want to give away their, their IP. But they have now they have now mm-hmm. uh the and then the apl didn't want to come across as we really needed this money wait a minute it's 12 million dollars it's four million dollars a year break that down between all the clubs is it really that much they didn't want to come across for the next commercial arrangement that they try to make as oh you need some money do you so then the the commercial arrangement on the other side when they're negotiating can lowball them because they know that they're at, in the market of Oh, not desperation, but along those lines. That's where it sits right now. Is it desperation then? In your eyes? It shouldn't be. But is it? I think it's got a hint of it. Mm. Put it that way. I wouldn't call it total desperation. They see it as a an opportunity. Now, don't shoot me. I'm not saying that this is a wonderful no, no, opportunity. No, no. I actually disagree with the move. Yep. I don't like the idea well, of a grand final taking away the merit and what we're used to oh, absolutely. of a grand final. As a player, as a, as a coach, I look at it and go, well, it doesn't matter if I finish first. Uh, I can finish in the top two now and, and still 
like it, it doesn't I can get the advantage of having the semi final thing, you know, that, yeah. that that's great and having second leg at home for those two legs. But that's it. It doesn't really mean anything anymore if I win it because I don't have the the advantage of actually playing a final in my home nation, um, home state, hometown. Uh, okay, I've I've noticed another post. I forget what fan group it was from, so I won't mention which one. But I definitely saw it. It was the players should be standing up here and protesting themselves, basically saying players. I don't know if they're saying players stand down, but start speaking up and and taking the initiative and taking the jump on the fan side. Is that dangerous territory for a player? It is because there's always a fear for players in this country that they'll have no league. That's a real fear for for a lot of these players. No league, full stop. No league. Yeah, and that has I, been talked about. No, but well, just in general, I just think they fear that they fear that they they won't be able to play. You know, and and clubs have this hangover with them, and because there's so much limitation in terms of access to where you can go, albeit people say you jump around from place to place, and even in terms of finances, it's not. They're not earning great deals of money, these players. What about from this perspective as well, from a player point of view, you're worldly type, Scott, and you've done contracts overseas and dealt with managers overseas in different cultures. So if a player back here blows up about something like this, goes on social media, goes on strike, says this, that, and the other, and then tries to get a move overseas, does the prospective club look at it and go, no, you're a troublemaker, mate? Possibility. There's a possibility of that. And in terms of who their advisors are and what they're probably advising them, um, it's always better to probably stick your head in the sand and, and and let the hierarchy deal with these these issues rather than make a statement. So you you've got to give Craig Goodwin you know a little bit of credit in terms of coming out thereafter. So, his yeah, but yeah. PR disaster. But you know, did you know before? If you knew before, then why did you agree to it? Mm. Right? Was it because of the backlash you've finally come out? And and if so, then that's fine still because fair enough, you've you've owned it. Right, and you've come out, um, but players probably knew about this before. But look at the grand scale of things; it's there's more going on than just with the players, you know, having to to fight this. Yeah. You know, like the fans are are doing a great job at trying to obviously now, you know, stake a claim and and be heard. Um, however, the, the whole governance is just completely wrong, and it was something I questioned right from the beginning when the APL took over. That how can you govern yourselves? Sneaky little article coming on Code Sports tomorrow, by the way. Just give it a quick plug, but I'm not doing it for commercial interest. It's just because I'm actually writing it right now. It's the fact that the, the, the board is – I can't see how this works, that the chair of the board is Paul Lederer, who owns Western Sydney Wanderers. The five club-appointed directors are from, like, either owners or re- represent direct representatives of owners. The next one is the Silver Lake guy, Stephen Evans – who's got a huge financial investment in the APL. And then there's a seventh from a, a Football Australia appointee, but six of the seven are into it up to their necks financially. <sighs> and yet you're making decisions based on what when it comes to the good of the game? Is it financials, number one, do you think? Well, yeah. And I think it's very hard to get across the board and agree on, on everything when you have self-interest, um, particularly when you're on these boards. And you have a lot of control there's 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 not one person like more or less and there never is on these boards but in terms of the clubs are still doing what they want to do every each individual club are doing 
and I know that from other things that are going on within the league right now. Yeah. And there's things in the background governance wise and they're saying, hey, you can't kind of do that. Well, we'll stuff you. I'm going to do it anyway. And that's how it's going at the moment. It's, it, there's, it's just Cowboys and Indians. It's interesting that when they had the announcement that December 2020, they said, yeah, we're going to have a, uh, this is our board structure. Five directors from the clubs, one from the FA, three independent, independent chair. I got two out of four at the moment, and here we are right now with fans threatening boycotts, blow-ups over a decision made which was in the financial best interest of the league, yes, but was it the right move, in my opinion? Mm. No, absolutely not. Have you ever been in a stadium where there's been a fan boycott or a walkout as uh, a player? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think I think the Celtic fans at some point or another have done it, but just a one-off in terms of to, you know, to argue about Put what the they were, the board or yeah, at, at at some point or another, I was part of when I was very very young um, in England. Um, basically, everyone going on strike as players in terms of the the TV deals that were going okay. on yep. back then, in terms of pay and and everything else that was going on with the PFA, and everyone was going to strike. And I think that was the biggest problem we had as players that when we went through COVID, that there was certain players that wouldn't and certain players that would. And that's always the worry for players when you ask players to come out. Yeah. It's okay to stick your neck on. But again, like you said, are you the one that's ostracized for that then? Because you've stuck your neck out. And that happens a lot. Lonely place. Mm -hmm. Would you walk out of as a fan? Would you boycott? That's a really good question. A personal question. That's a really, really good question. Um, and again, if I'm as invested as some of these fans are, and and hurt by it, yes, absolutely. I, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't even go. Mm. I wouldn't go for the twenty minutes. Why would you? Like you, you're paying your good money. It's like you, you kind of it defeats the purpose of what you're trying to do. Like go outside and do it, all right, and then leave. You know, just don't pay your money to get in. I did notice that Fed Square turned down the opportunity to host the city and victory fans after yeah. they worked out. That's probably a smart thing. Fair, fair enough. They they, they tried it and said, look, look. Let's recreate what we have with the soccerers. I'm not sure it'd turn out that way. Again, categorically, can I just say I'm not advocating that, but that's what I would do. Yeah, but you know, because I don't want any fan. I want all fans, and I want APL to succeed. Let's get that right. We're we're not here just trying to, you know, slam them and and bash them, but like we want the best for the game. That that's categorically what we want here. And this where things become a bit blurred for me is that when people have a really strident opinion, and it happens in all walks of life. People have a really strident opinion. That's great. That's fine. Mm. Good on you. That's how you live your life. But then when you start telling other people what to do and how to live their life, like the the, the story to the players, imagine if a player turned around and said to a fan, you've got to boycott because I'm not getting my superannuation or whatever like that. The fan will probably go, well, I'll think about it, but it's my choice, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I, I, I think everyone needs it. And Simon Hill was on the Global Game last night. He said, I don't agree with this, but I wouldn't walk out on my team. That is Purely a personal point of view, mm-hmm. absolute personal yeah. point of view. Well, we see, Everyone is different. We we see it in the you know the Premier League all the time, you know, particularly Manchester United's one of the big ones at the moment that they just don't like the Glazers and and they will obviously have these so called boycotts and uh, protests and whatnot with with Mike Ashley in Newcastle. Yeah, but they still turn up. Um, is it defeating the purpose of it? Possibly, but they love their clubs that much and they love the game that much that they they want to go. Love the badge. Yeah. yeah. But uh, in saying that, I totally respect the decision of fans if they don't show up or boycott. They, they're they the ones investing mm-hmm. and they're the ones that have been forgotten about in this decision-making process because 
um, yeah, if you if you have an owner, the good owners listen. The good owners know what's going on at the back of the grandstand. The band owners depend uh, pretend that people don't exist at the back of the grandstand. Well, that's a, there's the question then. Uh, have the the owner or the APL board given up on the fans? They haven't thought about the fans. They knew a backlash was coming. Mm-hmm. They didn't expect this. Really? Okay. No. Um, it's inter- oh, interesting. In yeah, and look. I could have told it, it like, but not many of them were here in 2015. Yeah. In terms of the APL management, or some well, of the club owners were. 2015 was when we had the bo- bo- boycotts out of the front page of the Sunday Telegraph and okay. all the yeah. spin-off of that. Sorry. So you're in the know, right? A little bit more than what I am in, in terms of what's gone down since obviously yeah. this has all happened, right? So you you've got Western United, you've got Perth Glory, and you've also got uh, Wellington Phoenix that have come out and sort of slammed the whole scenario and situation as well. Are you telling me that they didn't know about this? I'm very wary of those who come out and slam a decision that they were meant to be a part of mm-hmm. after the fact, after the reaction. Mm-hmm. Very wary. Yeah. Chris Fong's email that's on social media, <laughs> Melbourne victory. To be fair to DPS, Anthony DiPietro, he's backed it by just walking away from the board. Yeah. I don't know if he's come up with the – he was – I'm led to believe – going to the launch on Monday, but saw the backlash and went, wait a minute, we've got a lot to lose because we've just repaired our relationship with our fans. Mm-hmm. Our fans have said this and I'm not, I don't know for absolute on my kids' lives certain that he voted in favour of this on the board level, yeah. but he was on the board and now he's not in protest at the decision that was made that he was well across. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that that that's the state of play at the moment. It's an ever evolving. But, but again, I know I asked this: What's he really given up by not being on the board? Not not a lot. He wasn't getting paid to probably be on it anyway. So like, not giving up much really. Making de- decisions, who who they get, I'm not sure. Because uh, another thing, sorry, we're dragging on here. Uh, the the four big clubs, if you want to call them the big clubs: Sydney FC, Western Sydney, Melbourne City, Melbourne Victory had spots on the board, one vote. Mm-hmm. The other seven clubs and probably Canberra United thrown in from the uh, A-League women's, one vote between them and Chris Fong from Brisbane Raw was the representative. So that those smaller clubs are like, we're not getting as much of a say here. We're mm. going through one one person. We might align ourselves with the, the other four. But, yeah, the, there is that element to it as well. It's a complete mess. Look, complete mess. Well, we were talking off air in terms of what they should have thought about and in terms of what the NRL does really well is have that big weekend. And, and, and something like that. If that's gonna, the way I would have gone. That's how, like, to recreate something that I think would be great for the game and have this this party, so-called atmosphere, of, of over one big week or one big weekend, mm. I think that would have been the better route to go down with uh, New South Wales government and do it that way. What about play six games? Remember that Japanese game show where they had two professional <laughs> players and 100 kids, I think? What about play six games yes. at once with six balls on the field? <laughs> That's not a bad idea. I don't know. I don't know. Well, yeah. it would be it would make more sense than what's gone on this week mm. so far. But we wait and see. I would have gone the magic round. I would have gone that option, yeah. tied it in with an all-stars. You say, oh, government, you want this? Yeah, sure. They have plenty of fans coming. I would have been time. amazing. But look, let's... Do it in summertime in Sydney when it's, like, you know, beautiful. Get down to Bondi, beautiful tourist destination. Do it in school holidays when you get kids here. This is making more sense as I go yeah. on here. I know. I know. But look, as much, as much as, like, it's it's not repairable, Still, we've got to give Danny Townsend and the APL time to see what these other measures are that they're going to make this big weekend all about. Like if they're going to make it what they're protesting to do, um, but it's still going to hurt the fans. Because if you've got a Perth Glory and a Western United or an Adelaide, you know, 
like it, it does make it difficult um, in terms of not ha- and the memories that have been made throughout the A League to now with having them not in Sydney or not in the fashionable cities at times have been great. The one at Optus Stadium, the one at Adelaide Oval. Fashionable city. Do you know what I mean? The I city, the, mean. the sports cities. All right, don't get me in trouble on on radio. Well, you're man. doing it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing a magnificent right. Thank job. Thank you. Yourself, oh yeah, I know. I'm never going to get invited to anything now. Thanks for that. <laughs> no sweat. Uh, off to a break on the the global game. Uh, as we go to the break, by the way, um, let's get an odd. Odds update from Tom Haylock. Uh, thanks to Betfair. Find better odds on the World Cup at Betfair. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Thanks, Adam. Yes, heating up, getting to the pointy end of the FIFA World Cup. Thanks to betfair.com.au. We're heading to the semi-final. France versus Morocco. Argentina have qualified. They're at $1.92 to take out the World Cup. $1.93 if you're against them to lay. France, $2.40. Uh, $2.42 to lay. Morocco, the outsiders, at $14.50. As you're all aware, we've teamed up with Stats Insider throughout the World Cup, and they've got a couple of plays for the semi-final, France versus Morocco. Now, Morocco are $14.50. Stats Insider have been on their case uh, throughout the World Cup, and they're sticking with them. They're with Morocco to qualify at $4.50 at the moment, $4.50 to $4.70 there, Morocco to qualify. They're also keen to lay Kylian Mbappe to score the first goal at $5. So they're laying that, and they're keen to Morocco to qualify. If you're with Morocco and Stats Insider, $14.50 looks a juicy price. You can back them now and lay off later if they qualify. So that might be another play there. But um, Argentina go in as favourites at the moment at $1.92. Thanks very much, guys. That update, thanks to Betfair. Don't settle for the odds given. Find better odds on the World Cup at Betfair. Gamble responsibly. Call one 800 858 858 back soon.